here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Uh, we want to go back to our subject, Hebrews chapter 9. We're just going to read verse number 26 and give you our subject before we get the going here. Hebrews chapter 9. Now remember, this message came after we talked about last week, the just shall live by faith. And what we wanted to show you was those people lived at the end of a dispensation. The Bible called the end of the world, the end of the dispensation. All right? Now, uh, now there's a scripture that I'm going I'm to get from you. It's called the world passed away. It said the world passed away. We're going to get to that. We're going to show you. So if the world passed away, God said in Revelation, I make all things new. Then you got to understand, we're in grace now. You're in a dis another dispensation. The dispensation you're in now is the dispensation of grace. See, the dispensation before us was the, was the old world. You know, if I was living back in the days of Noah, like Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, before the flood, where Noah before the flood was in a different dispensation, that was a dispensation before the flood. Well, after the flood, that was a new dispensation. Because <laughs> all, all things, what happened, have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. See, that's what happened. Now, that's what happened 2,000 years ago. Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. You found that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Well, if everything is new, you're in a new dispensation. That's why you have to understand how to live in your dispensation. In this dispensation, we are saved by grace. God saved us at the cross. He saved us at the cross. So we don't have to go do nothing. We don't have to go be baptized like they were in the days of Peter, James, and John, they were in a different dispensation. They were before Christ came. Let me say it again. Peter, James, and John, and Paul, John the Baptist, they were before Christ came. Now, we know Peter, he was there when Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was after Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He saw it all. But also, he was, as in the days of Noah, like Jesus said, before the flood, also, Jesus Christ before his second coming. So Peter, James, and John, they were all there before Jesus came back and got the church. And so we are living after that. We're in a dispensation of grace. All right. Well, let's, we'll get on that, but we got to. All right. Now, we, we're going to go to a, a lot of things today. Let me give you my subject once again. Hebrew chapter 9, verse 26. Just one verse. Hebrew chapter 9 and verse 26. Let me make sure I give you my subject. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, Hebrew 9, 26, once in the end of the world. So that's why we talk about once in the end of the world. Now we know the world, we have a, on our tape, we're going to put a, Slash age, A-G-E. Why? Because 
once in the end of the world is once in the end of the age. Well, what age was this? It was the law. It was the old covenant passing off the scene. And what you got to understand, a new day has done. A new day has, has done. So you got to understand, it's, evening has gone. <laughs> it's morning. Good morning. You're in a new day. All right. So that's what you got to understand. Watch what it said. For then must he have offered suffered for, to the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world, hath past tense, he appeared to put away sin, watch this, by the sacrifice of himself. So if he's already appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, then it says, and it's appointed unto man once to die, but after the death is after uh, this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. That's our, that has passed unto them that looked for him 2,000 years ago. Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? So I gave you, I gave you some things this morning. And I'm going to get into some, some, some things again today. Uh, let's, let's, show, let's show you a couple of verses here uh, uh, that I think that, that is going to really help you. We're just going to, we're just going to go right to them because there are some verses uh, that we must understand. Uh, so what we want to do today is get right into those things. I gave you 1 Peter 4, 7. Just one verse. 1 Peter 4, 7. I want to do that out there. Good news, First uh, Peter 4, 7. I gave you that this morning. Just one verse. See, I'm just going to give you some things, and then, then we're going to go and show you why, why we preached last week. Why do we say last week to just share a little by faith? Because they were at the end of a dispensation. By faith means they had to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That's not your message. Your message is the Lord called you. That's why, that's why you got to understand in the word of God, God called you. Have you answered? <laughs> Praise God. All right. Now, let's look at that verse right there. 1 Peter 4, 7. It says, but the end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. You must be self-controlled and alert to be able to pray. I want to do that out of King James. So the end of all things is, is at hand. So if, it, if the end of all things was near, Peter knew it. Peter knew it. They were already living in the last days. And people are telling you, you in the last days. You are not in the last days. I want to say it this way, the last days of what? <laughs> There's no last days of grace. Grace is renewed every morning. Every day... It's a new day. Every day is a new day. There's no time. Grace is renewed every morning. All right. First Peter 4, 7 in the King James. But the end of all things is at hand. Just wanna, I, I'm, I'm saying it different ways because I want you to understand. The end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch and, unto prayer. The end of all things is at hand. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Just going to show you one verse. We read it all this morning. We're just going to read one verse this, today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Watch what it says. Now all these things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our ammunition upon whom, watch this, the ends of the world are come. Now if you look at your, look at your Bible in Corinth, you realize Corinth was written uh, in A.D. 59. A.D. 59. A.D. 59. Remember, the Jerusalem was destroyed in A.D. 6, A.D. 6, uh, A.D. 70. A.D. 70. So here it is, A.D. 59. Paul is telling the church, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, all these things happen to them for an example. They are written for our ammunition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Not going to come. Let me show you another one. Look at Hebrew chapter 1. The ends of the world are come. Look at Hebrew chapter 1. See, the thing about it is, that's why God said you got to renew your mind. You're not going to understand this stuff until your mind is renewed. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Now, who, who was Paul talking to? Hebrews. Of course. Hebrews. Now, these people here was Hebrews because they were leaving an old covenant, getting ready to go into a new covenant. That's why they was called Hebrews. All right, Hebrews chapter 1. God, at sundry time and diverse manners, spake in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Now, he's talking about time past. That's how God spoke to Israel was by the prophets. Now he's going to use a big word, capital word, starting off verse 2, hath. Now, listen to what he says. Hath in these last days. Now, you, you, you just about got to be dishonest to come down here 2,000 years later and say you're in the last days. See, that means you don't understand or you've been deceived. Here it is. The book of Hebrews was written in A.D. 64. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. What? His son spoke to Israel 2,000 years ago. Paul said it was the last days. I just read to you. Peter just said it was the last days. Now Paul says the last days. I'm going to show you another witness. Hath in these last days spoken to us by a son whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Let's go over and look at John. Let's see what John got to say. John was there. I gave you Peter. I, I gave you Paul. Let's go ask John. First, first John chapter 2, verse 17. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. Let's back up to verse 15, I'm sorry. Because John gave you a good definition of the, of the definition of the word world here. 1 John 2, 17. Watch what John said. He said, love not the world, neither the thing that's in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now watch what John tell you the world is. See, he's not talking about the planet. See, you got people think, well, man, this, this pandemic is... Well, we got plague, we got pandemic, we got fire out there in California. I mean, we got rain over here, we got snow over here, we got all this stuff happening. And then somebody come up and tell you, this is the last days. You're living in the last days. Every time something go wrong, that's the first thing people tell you, the Lord is coming soon. 
the Lord is coming soon because this is the last day. See, you, you're missing it. You're trying to use event circumstances to tell you about the Bible. You got to let the Bible tell you about the Bible. All right. Now, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, love of the Father is not in him. Watch this, verse 16. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh. See, this is what John saw during the time before Christ came for the church. This is what he saw. He saw flesh. Just like I showed you this morning, Genesis chapter number 6. God destroyed all flesh. What, watch what you see here. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, it's of the world. So John's saying, look, man, the Lord is coming because all I see is flesh. And then he's going to tell you what's going to happen to the world. Here it is. The world passes away. Now that's plain and simple. Now, it's not your dispensation that's passing away. You're on a dispensation of grace. But those people was under the law. And the law was given by Moses. So they had been under the law. We're talking about a long, long time from Moses all the way to Christ. All right, now watch this. The world passes away. Now he's not talking about, he's talking about the age, the dispensation they was in, the old covenant they was in, and it was also natural things. Now this is when God showed me some 10 to 12, 15 years ago that the natural thing was a part of the world. That's why we don't do bread on the table no more. To teach the bread and the wine. See, we don't do bread on the table anymore to teach the bread and the wine because the bread and the wine represented something. How many know what it was? How many know what bread and wine represent? And then I'm going to give you the scripture. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, and verse 17. I want somebody to get that verse, and I want to tell me what grace, oh, shoot, I'm just about to tell you. What the bread and the wine stand for. See, bread and wine stand for grace and truth. So we don't get bread and wine from the table no more. Christ has given us the bread and the wine. So when I'm preaching Christ, what am I giving you? I'm giving you bread. I'm giving you wine. But it's called grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Before his death, he gave them bread and wine. The Bible said grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Well, what was, that bread, what was that bread and wine? It was grace and truth. Okay. Now, here it is in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17 again. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. So you know he's not talking about physical thing, which Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. It's going to be completely torn down. We assure you that, and the temple. 
The world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that do the will of God, he that do the will of God, abide it forever. Little children, now I want to make sure you get this. It is the last time. Now, we talk about 2,000 years ago. John tells them the world passes away and the lust thereof, and then he comes out and says, look, little children, listen. It is the last time. It is, yeah, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, now, let me say something to you. The word Antichrist is not in the book of Revelation. And when people tell you about the book of Revelation, they always tell you it's about the Antichrist. I haven't found the word Antichrist in the, in the, in the book of Revelation yet. And I've been in ministry 40 years. Find it, send me a, send me a text. Little children, it is the last time, as you have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now, 2,000 years ago, are there many Antichrists whereby we know it is the last time. 2,000 years ago, he said it twice in one verse, it is the last time. And yet people will, will read this and turn around and tell you today, well, we live in the last day. Last days of what? They were living in the last days of the old covenant or last days of the law. You are not. You are the grace. All right, let me, let me finish reading verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they are not all of us. They weren't talking about you. All right, let me show you Second Peter. Uh, is there anything out there I got in these scriptures? Okay, uh, let's look at 2 Peter. Now, let's back up. Let's go back to Acts first. Let's start off with Acts. We'll, we'll go all the way back. Now, let's go to Acts chapter number 2, verse 14. Acts 2, 14. Let's see what Peter's going to say. See, I'm showing you all these people are telling you it's the last days, 2,000 years ago. And yet people are preaching to you today, false preachers, false at that. Because you're preaching against the Bible. You're confusing the people. Telling people it's the last days. Trying to explain the, what's going on in the world. Acts chapter 2 verse 14. I'm reading out the King James. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea. Now where are we? Who is he talking to? You men of of Judea. Now, Judea is the men, people who lived in Jerusalem, in the promised land of the tribe of Judah. Okay, you can put it any way you want. You men of Judea, all you that dwell at Jerusalem, then he's going to give you another hint. Be it known to you and hearken to my word, these are not drunken. Now, we know what happened because people began to be baptized with the Spirit when the Lord had poured out his spirit in Acts chapter number 2, and people went out talking against them, saying they're mad. And Peter stood up and says, These people are not drunken, verse 15, as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Now, we got to put a pen right there. But this is that. 
which was spoken by the prophet Joel. All right. So that means we're going to have to show you what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Let's go back to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. We'll come right back to this same verse. We're going to come right back to Acts chapter 2 and verse 16. But let's go to the book of Joel after the book of Daniel. We'll get over to Joel chapter 2. And we'll look at verse number 28. Before I read this verse, I want to show you what Joel said. So when I read this verse, it's going to be the same thing Joel says. And Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. See, so if you go back to the book of Daniel and you go forward, you got Hosea, then Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And watch what Joel said. Here we go. And it shall come to pass afterwards. Now, after what? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, when I go back, I'm going to see, did he do it? And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dream. Your young men shall see visions. Now, people will take this and try to make it today in the church. And also upon the service, upon my handmaid, watch this, in those days. We're talking about in those days. We're talking about the end of the world when Jesus came, right? After he rose from the dead. All right? I'm going to pour out my spirit, he says. Verse 30. I will show wonders. Now, I'm going to read all of this when I get over there. Watch what he says. I will show wonders in the heavens. I will show wonders in the earth. Blood, fire, pillars of smoke. Then he said, the sun shall not, shall be turning. Now, he's talking about Israel because they're going to be in war and they're going to be getting killed. So the sun shall be turned into blood. He's not talking about no sun up in the air. God help you to sit and listen to a man telling you about blood on a moon. You got to be smarter than that. See, the man don't know, but you got to be smarter than that to watch it. He's not talking about no blood moon up in the air. He's talking about the moon is Israel. The sun and the moon shall be turning the blood. It's the revelation that God gave Joseph. He gave Joseph dream. And he told Joseph what's going to happen to the moon and what's going to happen to the sun. This is the fulfillment of it. So you got to stop letting people just deceive you. I just hate to see people just deceive folks because they don't know. It says, the sun shall be turned into blood, darkness, the moon into blood before, watch what is going to happen, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. So he's talking about when the Lord comes. That's what's going to happen before the Lord comes. So when I go read Matthew 24, 29, that's what he's going to tell you. The turbid day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass, watch this verse, whosoever shall call. Remember I gave you that this morning? By faith is you call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That's the just shall live by faith. I talked about that last week. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, watch this, shall be delivered. New covenant says shall be saved which is the same thing, delivered from the wrath to come. 
where it was prophesied about John the Baptist, Matthew 3, 7. And it says, in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, which you are not in neither one of them, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Remember, new covenant, the Lord call you. Old covenant, you call the name of the Lord. All right, now let's go back and see if this what Acts chapter 2 says. Acts chapter 2, verse 16. Now Peter is ministering to the Jewish believer. And watch what Peter going to say. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I just read it to you. So Peter's saying what Joel spoke is happening right now. Here it is. It shall come to pass in the last day. Again, Peter tells them this poured out the Holy Spirit is what Joel says is going to happen in the last day. It just happened. Peter was in the last days. He shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream, 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 dreams. On my servant and on my handmaid, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Here it is. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor, the smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon shall be turned to blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord. Now, when did that happen? That happened through the apostle Paul. Paul persecuted the church. They had, he had 4,000 men, soldiers. Paul says, I almost wasted it. But watch what it says in verse 21. And shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's why Romans 10, 9 and 10 told you that. It wasn't talking about to get you saved. It told you saved from that wrath that was coming upon them. Then the next verse, verse 22, you men of Israel. Now you can't get beat up no worse than that. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus Nazareth was a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain. All right, now, we showed you another. We showed you uh, chapter, Acts chapter 2. We showed you Joel. We showed you Hebrew. We showed you, let's go now, to 2 Peter 3. Let, let, let me pause here and give you one I gave you this morning. Matthew chapter 24, but I want verse 34, but I wanted out the good news. Matthew 24. And I want verse 34, but I wanted out the good news. See, all this stuff, this stuff, the coming of the Lord. See, I'm going to get into uh, Thessalonica. I'm going to get into... Uh, Daniel, I'm going to show you as much as I can today. I usually don't teach on this kind of stuff because I, but I get so many people thinking that they're in the last days and uh, the pandemic that's going on is God plague. And look, pandemic is a curse. God's not pouring out no curse on, on us. Why? There's no law. Don't you understand? These people receive the curse of the law. 
That's the only reason they had curses, because the law worketh wrath. But where no law is, there can't be no curse. So stop letting people be with you. Telling you, well, we can put a curse. You can't put no curse on nobody. A person not saved, they are their own problem. Because if they will get saved or be in Christ, receive God's Holy Spirit, they won't even be in the flesh anymore. The problem is when people not saved, they're in the flesh. In the flesh, you're going to have problems. Move out of it and move in Christ. Well, you have a new life for eternity. All right? Because there ain't no good thing in the flesh. All right. Now, in Matthew 24 and verse 34, we're going to read that out of the good news. Remember that all these things, now this is Jesus speaking because it's in red. You have to talk to people like that because they don't believe nothing but the red. Watch what it says. Remember, Jesus said, remember that all these things will happen before the people now living have all died. See, that's what it means by this generation shall not pass away till all of these things be fulfilled. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, listen, this is how you're going to know. Well, how are we going to know what's going to happen? Jesus said, listen. This generation shall not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. What does that mean? Remember that all these things will happen before the people now living 2,000 years ago have all died. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. I'm not nearly done with you. Matthew chapter 16. And let's go down and read Matthew chapter 16 and verse... Can you stay in the good news, Matthew 16 and verse 26 through 28? We won't do Matthew and Luke, those two books, out of the, out of the good news. Because after this, we're going to go to the gospel of Luke 21, 20. Luke, Luke 20, all this is going to be in the, out of the good news. Luke chapter 21, 20. You want to write those down. Luke 21, 20 through 24. I'm sorry, through 28. Luke 21, 20. Right now, we're going to do Matthew 16, 26 through 28. Well, we're going to do it all out of the good news. Let me get my good news Bible here because I want to be right there. Uh, Matthew chapter number 24. Oh, we just did 24. Matthew 17. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 16. Uh-huh. Matthew chapter 16. All right, there we go. And what verse are we going to start? 26. Matthew 16 and verse 26. We're reading out of the good news. Here we go. Will a person gain anything if he wins the whole world but loses his life? Ask the question. Will you gain anything? Ask the question. Will you gain anything if you win the whole world and lose your life? Of course not. There's nothing you can give to regain your life. 
That, that just, uh, I just got to read that again. Will a person gain anything if he win the whole world and, but lose his life? Of course not. There's nothing he can give to regain his life. Nothing. So that's why the King James said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Keep going in the, in, in, in the good news. Verse 27. For the Son of Man is about to come. Watch what, watch what he says 2,000 years ago. For the Son of Man is about to come in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. The, the Son of Man is about to come. And then he will reward each one according to his deeds, which are their works. You was not under law, so you don't have no works. Let me, let me tell you something. I think one of the greatest things that I've learned is, one of the greatest things, is people think God gives them favor because how good they have been. Now, you can tell because you watch people when they pray for folk. They want to go in the Bible and find somebody who didn't know how to pray, pray for somebody, and ask the Lord to do things for them because of their work. Now, that happened in the Old Covenant uh, under Cornelius. Several people that done great, but their salvation was based on their works. Now you are the grace. Your salvation is not based on your works. Your salvation is based on his works. So if you pray for Pastor Crump, and I hope you do, don't go and tell God how much I do. And don't go tell God how much I do. You know, Pastor Carp, he's a very busy man, and he, he do this here for us, and he, 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 he visited the hospital, he visited this, he, Pastor Crump do this. Don't go tell, God is not going to give me nothing because of what I do. Everything comes in my life is based on what Christ did for me. You don't get favor from God based on what you do. You get favor from God based on what Christ did for you. Can somebody give the Lord a big hand for that? Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, this thing is real. All right, here we go. Let's finish this. I'm in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27. We're going to read out the good news. For the Son of Man is about to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward each one according to his deeds, them works. Now watch what it says. I assure you that there are some here who would not die until they seen the Son of Man come as king. Now that's very important. I want to read that again. I'm going to tell you why I want to read it again. I want to read it again is because the same people that don't think Jesus Christ has come, you are saying Jesus Christ has not been crowned king yet. If he has not come back, he's not king yet. So that's why you have church folk who says they got to crown him as king. We're going to crown him as king when he comes. 
but he's already come. As a matter of fact, this is what I wanted you to understand. If you're going to crown him as king, where are you going to get the crown from? Just want to ask you a question. See how stupid that is? You believe the lie. If you're going to crown him, where are you going to get the crown from? Maybe when you buy a McDonald's. Maybe you're going to go to Walmart. Maybe we're going to get one made to fit his head. Isn't that stupid? When he comes, we're going to crown him as king. Isn't that stupid? You're still trying to make you do something. The Lord don't need your crown. See, we grew up on stuff like that. We're going to wear a crown. And then when Christ comes, we're going to take that crown and lay all them crowns that in Jesus. That, that ain't. That's what the old covenant people talked about. While we talked about it, we in grace. We did nothing. We did nothing to be saved. Christ died to save us. That's why they had the passion of Christ, not the passion of us and Christ. We did nothing. Matthew chapter 16. I want to read it again. In verse 28. I assure you that there are some here. Now, isn't that something? King James says, there are, Jesus says, there are some standing here. Now, we know who they were. They were John, Peter, James. Some standing here who would not die until they have seen the Son of Man come as King. King James used the word come in his glory. To come in his glory means now he's king. That's why Paul said he's the king of kings. In the book of Revelation, you will see they call him king of kings and lord of lords. See, he has already come. And by you believing a lie, you're not honoring him today as king. You honor him as your soon-coming king, who you going to have the privilege of crowning. You have believed the lie. All right? Now, let's go look at something else I gave you, right? I gave you the Gospel of St. Luke, and I said we're going to look at Luke chapter number 2120. We're going to stay on the Good News Bible. Oh, I just love this word. See, if you get this word, man, you, 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 you won't worry about nobody deceiving you. That's why I got to, that's why I got to study this word. Luke 21, 20, right? All right, here we go. When you see Jerusalem sur surrounded by armies, then you will know that she will soon be destroyed. God called Jerusalem, she. Then those who are in Judea. Now let's stop right there. You do not live in Judea. Get over it. He's only talking to the people in Judea who live in the promised land. Watch what he says. 
verse number 20. When you see Jerusalem surpassed, surrounded by armies, then you will know she will be soon destroyed. Jerusalem will be soon destroyed. Whenever you see the armies surpassed, they were destroyed in AD 70. Then those who are in Judea must run away to the hills. Those who are in this city must not leave. I'm sorry, must leave. Those who are out of the country must not come into the city of Jerusalem. going to be destroyed. Those will be the days of punishment. King James used the word days of vengeance to make come true all that the scripture said. How terrible it would be in those days for women who are pregnant and for mothers with little babies. Terrible distress will come upon the land. God's punishment will fall on this people. Had nothing to do with you. You've been lied to. Go get your money back. You've been lied to. Watch what it said in verse 24. Some will be killed by the sword. Come on, man. Come on now. We use the aircraft. Listen, some be killed by the sword. People not walk around. Come on now. Others will be taken as prisoners to all countries. The heathen will trample over Jerusalem until their time is up. Now we know that happened. Now, and then in verse number 25, there will be strange things happening to the sun and to the moon, to the star. Remember I gave you that in Joel 2.28, 2.30. Then I gave you that in Acts chapter 2. Showed you all that, didn't I? Through 14 through 21. Here it is again. Jesus talked about it. There will be strange things happening to the sun, to the moon, to the stars. On earth, whole countries will be in despair. Afraid of the roar of the sea and the raging tides. People will faint from fear as they wait for what's coming over the whole earth. Talking about Jerusalem, talking about the promised land, the whole earth, they ain't talking about Pontiac, talking about Jerusalem, Judea, the promised land. For the power in space will be driven from their courses. Now the only power there is, is the sun, the moon, the star. Those are the powers of heaven. Then, verse 27, watch what it says. Then the Son of Man will appear. Wait a minute. We're just talking about what's going on in Jerusalem, Judea, promised land. Then the Son of Man will appear. Coming in a cloud with great power and glory. When these things begin to happen, stand up, raise your head, because your salvation is near. Now, let's see what your salvation is. Let's go to Romans 1.15. You you still in the good news? We'll stay there. Romans 1.15. We'll, we'll keep the good news going. Romans chapter 1, verse 15. Your salvation is near. Oh, are you telling me when Jesus come back, then our salvation will be there? So I'll come, wait a minute. Are you telling me when Jesus come back, you'll get your salvation? You tell me you have not received salvation yet? Wait a minute, are you telling me you'll get salvation when Jesus come back? 
So that's what you're waiting for Jesus to come back to get your salvation? Let me show you a couple of things. Let me show you Romans chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 13. Let me show you something. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 15. We read out the good news. So then, I'm eager to preach the good news, Paul says, to you also who live in Rome. I have complete confidence in the gospel. It is God's power to save all who believe, first the Jews and also the Gentiles. For the gospel reveals how God put people right with God, right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. As the scripture says, the people who is right with God through faith shall live. The people who are right with God through faith shall live. But God's anger, verse 18, but God's anger, verse 18, but God's anger is revealed from heaven against all the sin and evil of the people whose evil ways prevent the truth from being known. Let's go look at one more. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 1. And we want to look at verse 13. Because you just told me when Jesus come back, your salvation will be here. So that's why you waiting on Christ to return. You're waiting on your salvation. So you didn't understand. Their salvation would be Jesus Christ coming back to them. Your salvation is the gospel of Christ. Maybe that's why we've been having a problem with you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, out of the good news. And you are become God's people when you, when you heard the true message, God's, the good news that brought you salvation. Wait a minute. The good news brought you salvation? And you still waiting on Jesus to come who is your salvation? You confused. Now I can understand Israel and Peter, James, and John waiting on their salvation to come. But here you are 2,000 years later and you still waiting because people have told you that Jesus still hadn't come. Listen, if Jesus hadn't come, Israel still never received their salvation. Talk to me. Are you telling me that's the kind of God we serve? To come here on this earth with Peter, James, and John and get these people to believe he is their salvation? and leave and stay 2,000 years and never gave them their salvation? Are you telling me this is the kind of God I serve? I don't think so. This generation shall not pass away till all these things shall be fulfilled. The people who was living could not die until Jesus returned. And then when he returned, those who did die, he raised them from the dead to make sure everybody got their salvation. Watch this. I'm reading to you out the good news. I just read verse 13. I'll read it again. And you are become God's people 
when you heard the true message, the good news that brought you salvation, past tense, that brought you salvation. You believe in Christ. God put his stamp of ownership on you by giving you the Holy Spirit he has promised you. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee that you receive what God has promised his people and this assures us that God will give complete freedom to those who are his. Let us praise his glory. When you got, when the gospel was preached to you, you received God's salvation. And you're still waiting on God's salvation? You've been confused. All right. Not going to hold your fault. You just don't know. All right. Let's, let's go look at 2 Thessalonians. Chapter number 2, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to go back to the King James. 2 Thessalonians. Let's go look at this. I didn't get into all of the other stuff, Daniel. I didn't get to Daniel. Hopefully another time. Who knows? All right, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Let's read the second book. We're going to start reading verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Here we go. Now we beseech you, brothers. This is Paul writing to the Thessalonians. We beseech you, brothers, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I wish you would do this for me. You get a chance to read Acts chapter 17. Because Acts chapter 17, Paul is preaching to the people of Thessalonica, and they are Jews. I'm not going to trust you to do that. I'm going to do it for you. Let's go back to Acts chapter 17. See, what happened is, we just read the Bible, and we think we can just take our little degree and know what the Bible says. It's going to take more than the degree to know what this Bible says. Only the Holy Ghost knows this Bible. Acts chapter 17, verse 1. When you get there, say amen. Now, in Acts chapter 17, verse 1, it says, now when they passed through Amphipolis, Apollonia, they came to, there it is, Thessalonica. Watch for Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. Okay, I'm going to let you finish that out. I believe you'd be honest enough to know that Thessalonians were Jews. He's speaking to the Jews at Thessalonica. All right, now watch what he's going to say. We go back to chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So he's talking to these Jews that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit or by word nor by letter as from us or that the day of Christ is at hand. 
Let no man deceive you. Now, why is he saying this? Look at your Bible real good and look at the date. When Paul wrote Hebrews, it was A.D. 64. When Paul writing Thessalonians, it's A.D. 49, 50, some Bibles go up to 54. So you're talking about 10 years ago, Paul talked to the Thessalonica, but then he finds out later on something else. See, but he wrote to Thessalonica about the coming of the Lord 10 years before he wrote Hebrews. That's what you must understand in the Word. But watch what it says. He told me the day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you. Now, when you got down to 10 years later and he realized the Lord is near coming, they realized they were just about to the end. But here he said, let no man deceive you by any means that, the day of, that, the day, that the, that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that, watch this, and that man of sin be revealed. Now, people call this the Antichrist. There's no word Antichrist in the book of Revelation. But we call him the son of perdition or the man of sin. Now, watch, watch this. Who's opposes and exalted himself above all that's called God or that's worship, so that he is God, watch this, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he's God. Stop right there. Here's the problem. If you try to make this happen in 2020, you don't have no temple Jerusalem does not have a temple. Go check it out. They have a dome, and I'm quite sure they're not going to tear that down to build Israel a temple. Israel does not have a temple. This man, in the day of Christ, he was sitting in the temple of God. He was called the son of perdition, Verse 4 says, he opposed and exalted himself all above all that were called God of that is worship. So that he as God was sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he's God. Brother, this is 2,000 years ago. Paul said, remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth him that he might be revealed in his time. Well, this is not his time in grace. Because the Lord destroyed him when he came. The Lord did what? He destroyed him when he came. Now I want you to go to the Good News Bible and I want you to pick it up right there. 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, 8, 9. See what you're doing, you're believing something that already happened because you listen to people who think they know we're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7. Here it is. We read out the good news. Let me get my good news Bible here. I know you got it on the screen, but I, uh, my glasses may not permit. We're reading 2 Thessalonians, is that right? Chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 8. 
then the wicked one will be revealed. But watch what it says. But when the Lord Jesus comes, he will kill him with the breath from his mouth and destroy him with his dazzling presence. The wicked one will come with the power of Satan and perform all kind of false miracles and wonders and every kind of wicked deceit on those who would perish. They would perish because they did not welcome the love of the truth so as to be saved. So in God, send the power of error to work in them so that they believe what was false. The result is that all who have believed the truth but have taken pleasure in sin will be condemned. But I want you to see that part in verse 8. King James. We're going to switch back. King James. Just for verse 8 and we're done. Just one verse. 2 Thessalonians 2.8. Just one verse. And we'll be done. Watch this. This is so powerful. It told you what happened when the Lord come. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. He's going to destroy him. He's going to destroy. He's going to destroy him with the brightness of his coming. My time is over. See, the devil is not alive and well. So if you believe that Jesus hadn't come yet, then you also believe the devil is alive and well. Listen, the devil has been defeated. The devil has been destroyed. We do have spirits. We have antichrist spirits, people who are against Christ. We got all kind of wickedness. But the devil has been defeated and the devil has been destroyed. My time is up. I thank you for yours. That's why we glow in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We glow in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. We're going to glow in the cross. So, Father, I thank you now for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, where you died for our sins, you was buried, and God raised him from the dead for our justification. If you don't have your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection yet, I would advise you, put your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. God raised him from the dead. Why was he buried? One day we're going to get into that. We're going to show you why that's so important. Why, why, was, why was he buried? He was buried in your place. Christ died for me, and he died as me. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.